Okay, so this week's shoecast is just a little different, mainly because Ticho and I have been kidnapped by Nick Horween and Phil Callis, who together have started a little something called the Full Grain Podcast, which is a very good podcast indeed. In a particularly aggressive marketing move, Nick and Phil came into our homes and said, All right, you fuckers, we're taking over the shoecast. And Nick threatened quite believably to stop making leather altogether if we didn't agree to it. So here we are, completely taken over, basically just reading coerced hostage letters, but having a fine time with it. Hope you enjoy. Oh, and this episode is sponsored by Division Road, whose Whites, Wesco, Trickers, Crockett and Jones, and Alden makeups definitely need leather. So really, we did this for you, Jason. And now to the full shoe grain cast, a podcast. I've been a fan of you guys. Has it been two years now that you've been doing it? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Made a really big impact, we can tell. I think the first time I saw word of it was on Reddit, under the Goodyear Welt subreddit. I was like, what is this thing? Okay, cool. The thing I liked most about it was that it brought me back into my the world of being at the tannery. I had quit working with Nick, which was bittersweet. I enjoyed my time there. But leaving the tannery sort of took me out of that world of footwear, which I was familiar with on a daily basis, and I sort of lost touch. So listening to your podcast, I've been back connected with everything that's going on. And for me, it's just been great. So being able to take over the show is incredible. So thanks for being on the show today, guys. We've got Ticho and Ben from Stitchdown Shoecast. I'm Phil Callis here with Nick Horween, and we're doing the uh, Full Grain podcast on our on our channel. And we've been talking with people that make stuff, different industries. It has been pretty leather heavy recently, but we've been trying to move away from it slightly. We want to start to connect the dots between leather and other people making things like denim and watches and headphones that you're wearing right now. Good stuff. Yeah, all the good stuff. But guys, this is our turn to spin it around back on you. I wanted to talk about how you started your podcast and even going back farther, how you got into the world of quality footwear, as you guys put it. Well, thank you for taking over our podcast. It was high time that somebody did it. It seems like there's a good steady hand at the wheel now, finally. Yes. Uh, so we're, we're absolutely indebted to you. I'm actually tweaking uh, on coffee right now, so uh, touche there. <laughs> Dude, this green tea's going right to the dome. Fantastic question. You, you should host a podcast. I mean, to back it all the way up, I think Ticho should go first because he was frankly into this stuff before me. I was still, you know, kicking around. And if you can see on my video here, because I believe we're also on YouTube all of a sudden, which is pretty exciting and, uh, you know, uncharted territory for us. You look beautiful. Us. You look really good. <laughs> when when Ticho started getting into this, despite being uh, about 65 years younger than me, I was still wearing like the Air Force One Rashid Wallace player editions up in the corner uh, in my video feed. You know, like many people and like you, Ben, I got into shoes as like a sneaker guy playing basketball as a teenager, getting into basketball shoes. Then I like went to college, I went to law school and was like, uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to own like a hundred pairs of sneakers. If you work in like a courtroom, that's a little frowned upon. I couldn't really swing that. So I took the same love of, of those shoes and just started looking at dress shoes and Similar to you, found our Goodyear well. I think I was like one of the first 50 or 100 subscribers there. Got super into it, started posting reviews, posting in those like daily threads, like meeting people. I've probably at this point met a couple hundred people through Reddit, like in person, which is terrifying. <laughs> the people that I've met, with like three exceptions, been the nicest people I've ever met. Some of my best friends now, as a you know man in my 30s, are 
people I met through Reddit or Instagram or through Stitchdown Premium. So when I tell people that, they're like, how have you not been murdered? You know, I've done meetups where I just like walk to a dude's house in DC in the middle of a snowstorm and like just uh, play Mario Kart while like drinking Fireball. And people are like, how did, how did you not get murdered? doing that but it's a shared love of shoes that has kept us together and kept us from murdering each other so that's uh that's been pretty powerful somebody who's the same size i feel like those murder chances go way up 100 <laughs> percent. yeah it's a fair point well yeah, how did you get over point. to the our our goodyear well you know you were dressing up as playing the part of a lawyer you were just seeking out fancier shoes yeah i was into uh you know i was into dressier shoes i kind of found it just looking around on the internet and discovered Aldens. That was kind of one of the first ones I really was like, oh my God, like these are made in the United States. But yeah, I was like into like Alden stuff on our like male fashion advice and, and like that kind of stuff, trying to figure out what Oxford cloth button downs I should buy from, from Uniqlo or like whatever. Wait, so not even the frugal one, like the full bore one. <laughs> No, I've never been <laughs> frugal, dude. Yeah, I've uh, I've always gone full bore on it. Yeah, I saw this dude post a, a message that he was like, hey, I started this subreddit about nice shoes. If that's your vibe, like, come check this out. Who was it that I started was, that? Do you know them? I do. I do know him. Uh, his name is uh, Sklark23. He's a uh, lovely man from uh, from the Minnesota area. I've known him for basically since then. I've, uh, you know, proxied Vibergs for him, talked to him on the phone. He's got, like, the thickest Minnesota accent I've ever heard. It was delightful. I would love to go to Minnesota. They have those um, cheeseburgers that have, like, cheese on the inside of them. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they're, like, loose, juicy loose. Juicy Lucy's. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, kind of reminds me of hot dogs. This uh, I imagine this podcast is going to devolve into a lot of hot dog talk. Uh, so uh, on the full grain podcast, we've actually talked or spoke about hot dogs in I think every episode now, either on or off the air. <laughs> it seems to come. Twice. Up. It seems to come up. I mean, I love hot dogs. I worked at a, a hot dog. I assistant managed a hot dog restaurant for three years uh, no when way. I was in college. Back Big when opinions. you were Steve from Stranger Things. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, it's not that far off. Steve's you know, a handsome guy, man. Once the once the hair gets a little bigger, uh, yeah, I think I can get there. But I have big opinions on the Chicago style hot dog, which I've voiced on on this podcast before, and uh, they're not good. I'm not a fan. So all right, uh, it's okay. We'll not everybody later, likes a salad on top of their hot dog. <laughs> There's too much stuff on it. Like, why, why am I putting... I mean, I like a loaded up chili dog or something, but like, what is all this stuff? Really? Like, it's like half a tomato on there. It's it's insane. Your voyage from lawyer to Reddit lurker, and now you've... Mm -hmm. Now you're like fully in, huh? I'm way too far in. Yeah. yeah, from clicking on that one link that Sklark posted all those years ago, that was probably like 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah, I've fully gone down the rabbit hole. I stopped working as a lawyer. I started working at a shoe store, worked at a different shoe store, and now I just kind of sit in my basement and cook up shoe designs and hope I can convince people to buy them or make them or whatever. Along the way, I met Ben. Uh, I met Ben at um, a Vibrick Staple sale briefly. And then we decided to go to a shoe factory together. So he came, slept at my house, hung out at like the dive bar in my town, which sadly was torn down recently, Ben. Ooh, um, you told me. I, we decided, well, let's just drive out to uh, this the Mark Albert boot factory out uh, near Pittsburgh, which is like five hours from here. It's pretty far away. And I'm like, ah, just gonna be stuck in a car with this dude for like 10 hours tomorrow. I don't really know him. I know he's... Got some kind of website. I don't really know what his deal is. I met him briefly. He had a nice beard. And <laughs> the whole drive, we never stopped talking. 
I mean, we just never once stopped talking about shoes or leather or anything. And we just kind of just vibed. When the pandemic hit, we were like, what are we doing? The store I was managing had to close up. I'm just sitting in my basement doing nothing. We kind of just said, let's try it out. We did, how many ones did we try before we even put it out, man? Like five <laughs> or six? Like <laughs> It was a bunch. So to back this up, just a touch, I, I explained to my wife what we were going to do. It's like, yeah, I'm going to drive out, you know, Jersey, need the car, like kind of late at night. And I'm, I'm meeting this guy that I met one time. Uh, like on the street in New York, his <laughs> wife and, and kids are like out of town apparently. And uh, then we're going to drive to the shoe factory. And like, and she was quite rightly, I think, all right, so you're going to get fucking murdered and like, you know, won't be able to <laughs> help this family at all. And I don't really agree with this decision. It's like, it's always lingering in the back of everybody's mind, all these shoe murders. And as far as we know, like, th that would be a great podcast episode to, like, <laughs> discourage people away from, from the hobby. But we haven't done it because it hasn't happened. And we would have to cover that kind of news if, if there were, like, shoe friend murders happening. So, yeah, so we did that, you know, talked the whole time, learned about the Jersey Slide and garbage and, you know, all, all sorts of kind of wonderful T-show tips, if you will. And... <laughs> Then, yeah, for some reason we're sitting, I was living at my in-laws at this point in time up in Massachusetts, like watching my daughter all day long. I only had one kid at that point trying to continue to propel this website, et cetera, forward in the midst of very early pandemic stuff. That's why we had like kind of run away to there. And so, of course, we're like, yeah, yeah, we should take up a bunch of time and start a podcast because that seems like a prudent thing to do, uh, given all this free time we have on our hands. And I remember my wife, I actually, I sent you guys this book. That's, this is why they're so good is this book, Make Noise by Eric Nuzum that was recommended to me and my wife and also, she was kind of involved in this book. And so she had also read it. And I was like, yep. So I'm going to like get a mic for me and a mic for Ticho. And she's like, you know, this thing was very much not a business at this point. She's like, it says right here on the first page of this book that 99.9% .9 of podcasts never make a dime. Mm -hmm. And I was like... <laughs> Well, I already ordered them. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it was like set up in like a barn, like a literal barn, somewhat, you know, finished like an office in a barn, but still in a barn. And there are like things happening that happen outside of barns, making all this noise. And we probably piloted it for like two months. Really? Yeah. I remember being like, buckle up. Was it really teach really rough? first couple yeah it was terrible i really? mean at first we were okay. just like we didn't have the audio set up we didn't know what we were going one step at a time i was like all right hopefully content can be something that we can be decent at we'll worry about the audio later so we were just calling each other on the phone and like trying stuff out but some of the bones were there like what are, what are your fingers called like the whatever whatever the smallest bone in your body that was present in some of the early pilots your phalanges yeah your phalanges <laughs> Is that right? Sounds right. I thought there was like a metatarsal. I think, that's, I think a foot. that's your foot. No. Oh, yeah. Little bones. It's a good tangent. Metacarpal. <laughs> Metacarpal. Yeah, sure. What's a phalange? You could say any word right now, and we're I gonna, go, yep. We're gonna edit that out. sounds like the smallest bone. It was probably the phalange, looking back. I'm going to say that the smallest bone is in your ear. You got bones in your ear. Oh, the cochlea. The, Ooh. That's not a bone. That's not a bone. But yeah, I don't remember what they're called. Might be. It's, uh, Tim Panum's not a bone, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> and... <laughs> We, I don't know. I remember we had like a 20 minute segment where we were just like calling out people that we liked. 
<laughs> we're like, yo, if it was Ted, Ted, who is one half of like the Patina Project app, like he created it. Remember, we were like, oh yeah, everybody got to check out TL Mater. Like he just got some new dope boots. It's like follow it on Instagram. We're like, wait a minute, people are like driving their cars listening to this. We're gonna tell them to like whip out their phones to follow Ted. Shout out, Ted. You're the greatest. But uh, we, you know, you also made us realize that that segment maybe wasn't exactly what we needed. And then yeah, then we just kind of started going. We knew that we could have guests, but we were kind of fearful of it and then i think was jake the first guest the boot, the bait? boot bait episode i love yeah, the boot bait. it might have been and yeah you know that was pretty early into it and we're like all right let's get highly conceptual and uh kind of strange with this whole thing and this will tell <laughs> us <laughs> if we should just stop or not uh and people were actually quite confused by that episode really i thought it was really <laughs> some, well i listened back to somewhere. it last week and it's like this is actually pretty good it was very entertaining and also it, informative <laughs> but to this day it still may be my favorite episode it's great you d- you did a really good moderation job it was fun to play the straight man mr style please <laughs> yeah i mean as far as the podcast went it just it kind of went from there you know like we were lucky to know some people who wanted to like take some just treacherous plunge as early guests and did a great job and you know behind the scenes there's like all this technology stuff which luckily evolved since then in terms of just being in different places Ticho and i have actually never taped an episode in the same place as mm. each other and i'm pretty sure only one the one with tall price from fight because he was in new york and wanted to do it in person has been taped in person it's a different so, experience to be honest so like us right now with you on the screen there's like this micro latency that's almost imperceptible but it makes me more conscious of being interruptive when we're in person like and it's just nick and myself across the table i'll interrupt the crap out of him and it feels like not rude but there's something about a camera and a remote recording thing that feels different so i'd encourage you to try it in person if you can (laughs) it's fun plus i get to see my buddy every uh every week we do work three quarters of a mile away from each other which helps but Ben, I want to back you up. We were talking about the origin of, of Ticho, <laughs> the Ticho origins. How did you get into the shoe world, Ben? Well, I've told this story before on this, and I'll, I'll never get really too sick of telling it because I think everybody should go out and break their foot who's wearing sneakers. Anybody who's already wearing good shoes or boots can keep their feet intact, all their metatarsals. Yeah, I woke up one morning and I couldn't walk, and I've been wearing all these sneakers and i've been i've kind of tracked it back to this i was playing basketball a couple times a week in air force ones actually from like 1985 or something that i had gotten on ebay because i thought that that would be like a cool thing to do because i'm not very good so i figured i could at least have cool shoes and you know try and play up to them a little bit and so i woke up one morning couldn't walk and doctor's like it's your shoes i think i came in in a pair of vans and he's like it's these terrible shoes they're flat they offer no support you're walking all around new york city this is bad and then i had to walk around new york city for four months in one of those gigantic clumsy walking boots wearing down one shoe abnormally while doing that in this horrifically snowy winter and he was like get yourself some good shoes or boots So I listened to him probably, you know, for the first time in in my adult or I suppose child life, heeding a doctor's words. And where did I go to figure that out? Our Goodyear Welt on Reddit. Really? I knew Red Wings existed and kind of that was it. You know, I did have a pair of Alan Edmonds strand dress shoes that I would wear to weddings and, and things like that, which were working out pretty good. And I like, I took care of them, but I didn't really know what I was doing necessarily. And like the 
almost certainly weren't the right size and all that. So I plunge in and I'm like, all right, I got to make this change. I want to get something cool. Didn't end up getting the Red Wings. Ended up getting a pair of Thoroughgoods instead, which I still have to this day because they were cheaper, pretty much. (laughs) I was like, these prices are crazy. And then once you find out, or at least for me, found out about Alden, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm just fucked here in terms of my financials. Like these boots are six hundred dollars and i i need them but i'm gonna like bide my time and work my way up there and just try to learn more and more about what was going on at that point like you know i've been in media jobs my whole career and was working one and then switched for a year to another which kind of demanded nicer boots so like i allowed myself to get my second pair of aldens Yeah, I think at that point, after I left that job and started thinking about just doing something else, literally made a list of things that I liked and said, can I make some sort of media something or other around these and take a guess what was at the top of the list. And at that point, you know, I maybe had, I think I had three pairs of Aldens, a couple pairs of Red Wings and knew I needed to kind of learn more immediately and in the meantime figure out how to get by on the knowledge that I had. Yeah, that was the goal. Just like learn a ton every day and just started reaching out to people. And not everybody picked up the email, which is what people do with emails. They pick them up. Um, (laughs) Knowing what you know now, would you have still gone down that road in that direction? Thoroughgood, Red Wing, Alden. Would you still do that given hindsight like in terms of the progression yeah i probably wouldn't have been far off honestly i think there's a few more options in like the right price slot now and like and they existed at the time like one of the first people who kind of picked up was wyatt from grant stone and i remember i was i was talking to him the other day kind of remembering this and i was like oh yeah man i remember i I got on the phone with you and i'm like here i am doing this boot journalism and like (laughs) you make your shoes in China. Like I'm, we're really going to figure this guy out. Cause people on Reddit, like hadn't really realized that Grant Stone was quite good at that point. And a lot of people were kind of opposed to it. And there were Alden comparisons that, you know, weren't terribly positive out there. And I think there were some people who were beginning to say, actually, damn, these things are really good. This price is incredible. Like made in China, but the right way that hadn't tipped over and that was where all the information was right and so i got on the phone with him and being like i'm gonna just grill this dude we're gonna get the real story Mm -hmm. and i left being like oh my god dude's legit right (laughs) this guy's like so legit the story is incredible it all makes sense now like why they're making them over there how he ended up over there like his alden connection deep 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 into the past between his dad and his grandpa and Grant Stone, the famed Alden salesman that the brand is named after. And I left and I was like, oh man, okay. But yeah, at that point in the beginning, like I, I knew about Grant Stone, but I wasn't sold on it, frankly, until I had that conversation. And I'm really glad that it happened. But yeah, and like the Thoroughgoods, I remember sitting there being like, well, people are like, Thoroughgoods are a work boot. Like you can't wear them in certain situations. And at that time, I looked at them and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, they look like a pretty nice boot to me. Like, what's going on here? It's pretty interesting to think about the more time that you spend with anything, but especially good footwear, you realize what it actually is, both in general and also to you. But you just need to put in the time. You need to, like, understand the landscape. You need to understand 
what different kinds of patterns and lasts render as on a shoe. And now I'm looking at them like, yeah, these things are work boots. Of course, they're like eight years old and completely trashed and have been through a lot. But at the beginning, I was like, these are the nicest boots I've ever owned. This is the nicest pair of footwear I've ever owned. And they felt that way even kind of compared to the Allen Edmonds, although I wasn't necessarily putting them right up against each other. I mean, bully on Thurgood for making me feel that way. But there is a difference between a Thurgood or a Red Wing Mokto and like uh, an entire classification of boots that I, I couldn't necessarily figure out at that point. So to your question, Nick... Yeah, I think it was a pretty good place to start. One, like, they're incredibly comfortable. Two, I wore them, you know, probably more than I should have, but I was, you know, living a fairly casual life at that point. You know, it, it settled you into a place of being like, I know that there is more out there, and boy, wouldn't it be cool to have that, but if I don't really understand it, I feel like I'm just going to waste some money, hmm. you know, and like a whole bunch of it at some of those next levels. So I became, you know, committed to that and had like the combination of financial restraint and curiosity, I think probably would have always led me on the exact same path. That's not a knock on anybody who dives in hard, quick. You know, I think if you don't know your size, that can really backfire. But if you do, you manage to figure that out, you know, however you do that, DMing Ticho or hang out in the Discord or going to a shop locally that really knows their stuff and can help you understand like what a last is, just go for it if, if you got the funds. But I don't know. There's something nice about kind of taking it slow, especially at the beginning, because you're just making better choices at that point, I think. I agree. You took your skill set. Were you a writer? My assumption is that you were a writer because I really like your writing. <laughs> Is that the case? I know it's definitely better than my talking because... Uh, <laughs> I like your speaking as well. Yeah, You get the opportunity to change it if you wish. Yeah, I mean, I came up as a writer and then was an editor and then was kind of, you know, like an overseer of like all those people for a while. But I never stopped writing. A lot of it was not for like my day job at a certain point. But there was always like some kooky, you know, blog project or Tumblr or whatever that I was like heavily invested in. And then once you have children, you don't get to do that as much. Blog about college basketball at like two in the morning after being out on the town. Yeah. So I don't know. That kind of, you know, kept it all fresh, I guess. And then once you do have children, you just have to like quit your job and start writing about boots uh, like all day long, I guess, is kind of how it ended up. Working I mean, it out. worked, right? We're talking to you guys. You're still paying your mortgage and getting by. <laughs> yeah, it's working. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all from the support of listeners and community members. And again, like you look at the people or the brands that we have like partnerships with, all of whom have to be doing something legitimately remarkable. Like there's really no negotiation on that front because it makes it very easy to one, cook up cool things and ways to do things together. And two, to keep the audience's trust because the whole thing is we're only going to tell you about really good stuff, which can mean excellent for a certain price point or the best thing in the world. One or both of those things have to be true. From our perspective, there's a lot of comfort in that we really only want to work with those kind of brands or shops or whatever. But those people from the early days, the people who took the calls, it was Jason from Division Road, Neil from Standard and Strange, Wyatt. There's a reason that we keep collaborating with these people because they kind of got it right off the bat. There was one person who remained unnamed. Like after I had Brett Viberg on the podcast, I shot him an email for the first time. I was like, hey, we'd love to chat. You know, if you ever want to come on the podcast, let's do that. I just want to know more about 
your product and your business and all that. And the response was terse. And that was our last conversation. There haven't been a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but not everybody else was rushing to be like, who, who is this fucking guy? Like, why is he calling me? <laughs> well, I want to interrupt you here because I think you've built an incredible community in the form of the Discord channel. You reminded me when you were speaking about Grantstone and Wyatt. So in the beginning, just before the pandemic was in full swing, I had probably messaged Wyatt around the same time as you. And he came down to Chicago and we filmed a conversation between him and myself that is now my most popular video on the Ashland YouTube channel. And I remember doing my recon for the episode with him and finding that the only criticism that I could come across was that it's made in China. So I pressed him on that and he had some pretty good explanations. I mean, I don't necessarily love that they're made in China. But the result is certainly good. You know, you could tell me it was made in the United States and it almost doesn't like it matters, but it also sort of doesn't like I want to support my country and I want to support my community. That's you know, Nick and I work across the street from each other. Basically, I like that notion. So even to this day, I still get comments on that video. Like I said, it's my most popular video I've ever put up on YouTube. <laughs> I still get comments with people saying like it's made in China and they're really angry that I promote it. Here I am doing it again. (laughs) But the point of bringing this up is there's this community of people that seem to be drawn towards quality footwear, boots, raw denim, watches, leather wallets that I make. These people seem to be of like mind and they're very kind (laughs) from what I've seen. I think once you said you had a couple people that (laughs) may have murdered you, Ticho. (laughs) I forget what you're saying. There are three people that you had bad experiences with. But the vast majority of people that are interested in these types of things seem to be really special people, people that were going to take the time to appreciate the difference in something. And then they want to share that knowledge with other people. When I came into your discord for the first time, not only was I welcomed by at least a dozen people immediately, but we instantly started having conversations with some guidance that I had questions about. I wanted to credit you with creating that community. And, and you know, certainly the people were inherently nice before you created this same box for them to to gather in but uh, the people in the scene are great and uh it's great that you've created this place for people to be just gave them somewhere to come you know like that that's all it is and like reddit existed by the time that thing started i mean reddit was probably close to or over a hundred thousand followers you know which doesn't mean all those people are active every single day but like they did take the time to hit the follow button which is just crazy you know reddit continues to be i think especially just at how powerful it is in search and all the endless content that's there in the static long-term format the informational source for the most people. And I I think that's incredible. You know, the other thing about Reddit is that it has the benefit of being static and something that will be there all the time. But, you know, the communication flow is quite different than it is in a live chat scenario. So I think that was the difference, right? That was the hook. The early Discord was like me and Ticho and Lars from Osmo and our buddy Matt, but like also Josh, our staff writer at Stitchdown now. Yeah, you know, it was just this idea that there could be a more free-flowing conversation that could also lead to, if you engineered it correctly and, and set culture from the beginning, that just all the stuff that 
naturally happens on any internet platform and reddit's like pretty clean compared to you know some darker corners of the internet in terms of how everybody deals with each other not everybody's going to be exactly face to face with each other like in real life although that's something that we're definitely building towards more and more and, and have done some of and have some big plans on that front but you know if you say something and somebody says something back to you and the first person doesn't like it you know you're probably not walking away from your computer like you're waiting for a response and that can lead to just, I don't know, like a humanity, basically, which for the most part has held up. People get fired up about this. Like the, the people that you talked about that are in this community generally have this interest generally. You have to be an interested person. How, how would you ever have gotten there? Interested people are interested in a lot of things. And when you're interested in anything or a lot of things, you tend to form pretty firm opinions because you feel like you're informed. You know, that can go a little haywire sometimes. And I think in like a live chat discord format that happens significantly less just because of the nature of the communication. You know, I, I think a lot of it can be chalked up to that culture setting in the beginning. How do we just deal with each other when people get fired up? You know, it's because they're excited about mm -hmm. something. Have you noticed or how have you noticed the education level or information level of people changing since the sort of beginning days of the credit Goodyear Welt? I feel like there was a time, and this is me, my own opinion, where people felt like they knew a lot and had a lot of information, but maybe it wasn't all sort of organized the right way to how things are now. Or, or is there still work to be done there or people are interested or I mean, I'm just interested to hear what you think. I'm going to let teacher take this one, but my two cents is there is never not work to be done on informing people, right? Like that's the goal. There's no end point. Right. But yeah, teacher, take us back to the beginning. Back in the day, none of us knew anything. I mean, we, <laughs> we all were just <laughs> people who thought these things were cool. And then as you are getting so intense into these things, it's like you suddenly are cataloging all the lasts that all these brands have. You're cataloging all the leathers that are available to, to do, you know, all this stuff in. You're learning and growing and this knowledge base is kind of building up. You know, on Reddit, it's like it's searchable, right? Like people are posting reviews, people are posting information, people are posting questions, and you can kind of just search through it and, and, and figure that stuff out. Over time, people, I think the information level went up. There is a lot of like parroting stuff where people will just kind of hear something. It would be like, oh, well, if you dig into it, it like originates from a comment that some dude made like eight years ago on Reddit about the insoles of like Red Wings or something, you know? And it's like some of that stuff was good information because people started figuring out that you could just hit people up who worked at these companies and they would mostly just tell you stuff, you know? I mean, it's kind of wild how open the industry is in terms of giving out information to people that are interested in it. That's kind of how I fell into this too is I just started, I realized like, I could just call these people. Like I could just get on the phone. I like to talk to people on the phone. Like, and I started just talking to people and they were giving me all this information and just kind of telling me stuff where I'm like, why, why are you telling people this stuff? You know, but then people on Reddit were like real interested in it. As it's gone on, I think the volume of information has compounded. And I think a lot of people have, there are dudes I know from back in the day on Reddit who have always been into this and, you know, have been doing this for a long time. And now our guys, like we've got this guy, Chinese Broccoli, who, you know, he sizes everybody on, on, on the Discord, right? Because he's he's been doing it for, for years. He's tried on a ton of different stuff. He he knows what he's, you know, he just went down a rabbit hole of sizing, you know? And I'm, I went down the same rabbit hole where you're like, well, I'm just going to buy everything. I'm going to try every weird 
weird brand. I'm going to try every last. I'm going to like, you know, do all this stuff. He mentioned it before. I tell people, if you're going to buy some random Indonesian boots or something, send me a DM because I've probably tried them on and I can probably help you. Even if you own three super obscure things, I can probably help you figure it out because I just got real into acquiring that information i'm kind of a i like reading wikipedia like i like just kind of information so yeah i mean the the education level has gotten pretty high and i feel like in the discord now that level of it's people speaking at a pretty high level from all this information that's just been accumulated over the years by just a bunch of nerds man i mean it's just <laughs> you know we're all just nerds that's something know? i've noticed about both the stitch down premium discord as well as reddit goodyear welt is the quality of information. Uh, Nick and I know enough about leather to know when somebody's speaking an untruth, to put it lightly, or propagating information that's just nonsense. What I'm impressed with by both Goodyear Welt on Reddit and the Stitch on Discord is the knowledge is actually pretty precise. Like I know enough about it to know when to call people out. But I feel like recently when I read people's replies, I'm like, wow, that guy actually knows about leather. <laughs> like it's just some <laughs> nameless guy. It's not Nick. It's not a guy at a tannery, but people are really, really well informed right now. It really is crazy. And I think it's the overall collective having to figure out what its mindset is. I mean, it, something like that. I'm not saying that everybody thinks exactly the same way in, in the Discord, but there are kind of some overriding principles that are never even stated, but like start to seep in a bit to your brain, including this is a shoe journey. I feel like we don't even say that enough these days, but we definitely used to on the podcast all the time. And it's true. It's like, well, how could you possibly know everything at the beginning or the middle or, oh, right, there is no end. So I think that that just like this quest for understanding is important. You know, this is never stated either. And it's, I don't think it is on Reddit or maybe it comes up when certain comments get thrown out there and, you know, things start to go a little, little haywire. But just the idea that it's not some sort of competition, right? It's not a competition to have the coolest boots or it's not a competition to know the most necessarily. It's how do we all get excited about this amongst ourselves? How do you get new people excited about it? How do you continue to support this industry that is like not a lock to last for like another hundred years? Like if you look at all the great American brands that used to exist that simply aren't that anymore, there's no new mega American brands that are going to come up in the next like five to 10 years. I think there's small ones that can grow nicely. You know, if you look at what was happening in like the 50s or the 60s or kind of even the 70s, there were these monsters that made shoes for everybody and they were all fantastic. And some of them have decided usually by sale and moving things outside of a family that that's not important anymore and profit is the most important. And like Nathan Florsheim would tell you that Florsheims are no longer the greatest shoes in the world. Hmm. You know, at one point they were definitely on the list. So because of that, it's like, well, we all kind of got to come together and like be cool and interested and interesting and convince other people that that's something that you can have too and just be nice to each other. The thing that these communities can't provide for us is subjectivity. Like, what do you like? And when I talk to a lot of people, they, they'll ask me, what's the best leather or what's the best X, Y, Z? No answer. There's never, it's what do you, do you think it looks good? And part about the community stuff that I'm fascinated by recently, uh, if you peek over on, on YouTube, we've got our buddy Weston over on Ros Roseanneville has created quite a stir with the indie boot conversation. And what I love most about that, we're going to try to get Weston on, on this show. Good. But what I love most about what he's doing there is starting a conversation. At least that's how I view it. 
for many years, like since since I had started working at the tannery, so like 15, 16 years ago, you kind of couldn't criticize Alden. And I still love them. And honestly, Indie Boots are still top three favorite boots that I have. I think it's interesting to start a conversation about some of the aspects of different footwear that could be approved upon. Or, you know, who is this really for? And that's that's sort of where I wouldn't it pick Roseanneville a tiny bit in that video is he's comparing it to a work boot. How many carpenters do you know that are wearing indie boots, right? So, Ford. yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> so you know one. I mean, it's it's just we like T-shirt knows him personally. At the end of the blazer. day, it's like the indie boot is classic and awesome, and I think it's very comfortable. To the point I was making earlier is the information level is so high on that video, and it's all precise, it's accurate, but that doesn't necessarily mean your opinion should be swayed in a certain direction about it. It, sh it should just be taken as, this is the information, now you decide. And I don't know if he necessarily presented it in that way. He was trying, he's, his point of the series he was doing is like, what's the best thing? Which is my point, it's like, there is no best. It's like, what do you like? What are you using it for? What's your style? And you, like a guy on YouTube can't tell you that. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing indie boots. So like he read the room, he got it. And like, he's gonna find out to take the, you know, complete objective. Here are the materials. Here are how they compare to materials and other footwear. And then the main argument, which I, I did tell him too, I was like, dude, Neocork sole is tight. Like, don't. <laughs> you can Most ragged. people think it's the best, best sole. Yeah. It's, it's Most. not. Some people think that's the best. I like sole. it. I think it's yeah. great. In real use, it's, it's definitely not, not grippy. It's like, it's pretty good. It can be a little hard, but whatever. And he's seeing the subjective side. You know, that he heard a lot of feedback on. Well, God damn it, they're really comfortable, man. Like, who mm -hmm. cares? So it'll be fun to have him figure it out. Although he did get a pair of shell boots, which I'm sure uh, even Nick would say is not always the most comfortable leather. You know, he could have gotten like suede or something and really teed himself up. Um, Nick's looking but, at me with his no comment face. Little, little, <laughs> there's a little bit of a break in that, that uh... <laughs> like I said, no way Nick agrees with me on that. <laughs> Although I just wore my Thunderdome boots for the, I've worn them one day because I was a month late starting and there's going to be quite a break in Ooh, process. So maybe when we come back after our break here, Nick can tell us about his Thunderdome pair and I'll grab mine too. Ticho, let's talk Division Road Crockett and Jones makeups. Precious few shops anywhere in the world have earned the honor of designing Crockett and Jones makeups. Division Road is one of them. And man, do they get them right. I would love to hear about one of your favorites that DR has in stock right now. And then just maybe if you're lucky, I'll reveal a secret makeup coming out soon. Talk about boots. See, this was another hard one, man. It's tough. They were all really good. Again, wanted to go with something that stood out to me as really highlighting the collaboration between Division Road and Kraken and Jones. And the one that stood out to me the most is the Sandhurst, which is a kind of like a derby. Oh, the shoe, the black shoe. Not a model I was really familiar with from from Kraken and Jones. This is a good call, dude. Kind of a lesser known one, but it's in this black rough out suede from CF Stead. And then it's on, and this is going to be a struggle for me. A Vibram Cararmato sole? Cararmato? I think you got it. I think I know. I said it so many times. Very robust commando style sole. Sounds like you could hike in the Alps in it. In a Cararmato, you could totally hike the Alps. Or the Blue Ridge Mountains, wherever you, you might be. <laughs> 325 last, which is the last I've owned before, is a great classic British country last. 
That's my pick. Karamato. I think this is a great choice. The Secret. The Secret that's coming out late December, early January. Oh. It's got a Karamato soul on something that we can also definitely pronounce correctly. The Grisdale pattern? Grizzydale? And maybe just Grisdale. It's probably like a seven-inch boot, plain toe. It's got that little swoop on it, just running right up the side. This guy is in the teak oiled sides, a CF stead leather. It's an oiled nubuck, and it's a great kind of classy, like winter, foul weather leather. Looks absolutely beautiful. Not a lot of people collaborating in this kind of way with Crockett and Jones, and I don't think that anybody has kind of locked arms with the brand and just kind of pounded through that bog together. <laughs> I love it. Can't wait to see this one come out, man. End of December, early January. Sweet. Stay tuned. Breezedale. Secrets. We got secrets, uh, which will soon be just real boots that you can buy. Be sure to check out all of DR's expertly designed Crockett and Jones makeups at divisionroadinc.com. Give them a follow on Instagram. Follow the journey out there in Virginia and sign up for the DR bulletin at the bottom of the site for all the releases and full editorial content. Love you guys. Keep it up. Back to the shoe cast. Something that I appreciate most about leather is how it ages. And that's something that I learned from Nick's dad when I first started working at the tannery in 2006. And one of the things he would explain to me is not all leather is brown. You know, you can make different colors. And not only that is some of it can change over time in terms of color and, and luster and just wear patterns. And he explained to me that's called patina. And it seems to me like these days, most people are very interested in developing their own patina. So when you think about something like in the denim world, like how does your denim fade in? Or I know a lot of people are really into like how copper pens fade and clothing, like how it wears in, looks cooler over time. So you've created this patina Thunderdome, which is more of like a boot wearing competition. <laughs> when I told my wife about that, she made fun of me. <laughs> to give me the origin of the Patina Thunderdome. Oh man, that was another one that uh, Tim at Titletown Goods. Everybody go buy some wallets from him when you're not buying them from Phil. Um, Tim's a great guy, by the way. Shout out to Tim. Tim, he's absolutely wonderful. He was like, "Hey, what if we did this? People just wore boots," and I was like, oh, "Dude, I, I love it. I've been thinking about it a little bit. I kind of need somebody to be like, do this." And then I say to them, "Okay, this is going to take a really long time." longer than you think. Yeah, it took like a year, nine months to kind of develop the whole thing. You know, the idea sprang from two places. One, what you said. Leather gets really interesting if you wear it well, and especially if it's certain types of leather, but like really anything that's high quality is going to develop its own character over time. So that's cool. I spent a lot of time looking back in the day when I was just getting into this at pictures of old boots. I was like, oh man. How do you get them like that? And at first I thought it was all about the care and it's, it's a million things. It's how they fit, what type of leather they are and what kind of conditions you're wearing them in and, and definitely care is a part of it. You know, the second pair of Aldens I got, just these brown Chrome XL True Balance plain toe boots, there was like a picture on Instagram, maybe two, like on the whole internet. And I was like, oh my God, I mm -hmm. want my boots to look like that. And at that point, I was like, these are the only boots that can look like that. And in some ways, you know, that's kind of true. But that was like a huge goal. It was like, I just got to wear them and care for them until they look exactly like those. And boy, am I going to be happy. You know, they were brown. Quick interruption <laughs> for you. Did you guys have the same feeling when you saw a photo of the, the Context Roy boots? 
that photo. Those, those are the exact boots <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah, everybody <laughs> loved that photo. I think it's on the wall at, at the tannery. But they're yeah. like whoever that photographer is, I should hire them. And these are like kind of close now. Do you change the sole out? I still have. Yeah, I put on a day and night sole, which people think I'm silly for doing, but I actually quite like. I still have the gummy uh, crepe sole. Yeah, yeah. The, I almost killed myself on the crepe sole after wearing them for like three years straight and then slipping on some water. Okay, so that, that's so funny. I was guessing like the photography of that boot was so good. And whoever did that like really knocked it out of the park. So sorry, yeah. that's how you that's how you fell in love. You know, like that idea that, that these boots can become something incredible and you juxtapose that especially with you know people who kind of take that journey slow at the beginning versus okay now i'm really into this which means i've accumulated a whole bunch of boot shoes whatever and none of them are like really getting enough wear like mm -hmm. they look great they look great in kind of their original form or a slightly variated version of that but what if we actually committed to something and like all props to Goodyear Weld too. Like they had the October challenge, I believe, right? Where you'd wear a pair of boots all through October and post them, which was very inspirational. And it's like, well, what if we did this longer and got people even more invested in it by corralling a whole bunch of great prizes, which it turns out are important from a, hey, maybe I should do this and commit and take these pictures every month and submit them standpoint. In the end, the beautiful thing about the whole contest is that it, it's turned into something way more than that in most people's minds, where like it is this journey and it's really fun to do it together with other people. And then part three emerged from that. It's like, well, what if I want to figure out what to get next? What if we could provide essentially a database, which is now very, very real with this Patina Project app integration that we have to figure out where a certain type and color and tannage of leather may go. It's always going to be slightly different, probably, than the picture that you saw. But you could get a pretty decent indication of, of what might happen with something deep into the future. Because almost all footwear that's sold, especially on the internet, you know, it's pictures of it new. And it's like, well, if the whole point is to go out and beat them up and have some fun and develop something that is uniquely yours or unique in some way, how do you get that glimpse into the future, basically? So, yeah, it was, it was those three things, definitely including none of us are wearing any of our boots enough with enough frequency to like have them evolve that yeah it really struck home for a lot of people and this year we're going to be open you know at the time of this taping for another couple of days with the november submissions and that'll be it for entry but yeah i mean it sure seems like there's going to be over 800 people in this thing around the world i think in like 30 plus countries with over 100 brands represented just having like a really weird strange blast together that it is quite like threatening or frightening i suppose uh when you describe it to your like friends co-workers and loved ones she's like what are you doing but that's Excuse cool <laughs> <laughs> i mean the whole, the, the whole thing's a little weird you you connect with other people because you're like god oh, that pair you can't wait to see it next month and you're pestering them for pictures along the way and yeah there's just something like bizarrely inspirational about the whole thing well since this is our show now i, I actually like forgot to ask this at the top probably the second thing i should have said was what are you wearing on your feet today? Which is, I think you used to do all the time. But with the Thunderdome, it's probably your Thunderdome pair, right? I got my Thunderdome pair. I'll slip them off. Oh, yes. <laughs> there we go. Look at that Color pixelated, compressed video. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> what is that? Color 8 Chrome XL. Nice. Uh, wanted to do something that was going to be comfortable that I could actually wear uh, extensively. Last year I did like some horse butt engineers that were kind of a pain in the ass and 
didn't fit me super well and were not that enjoyable to wear. So it was like kind of a grind to do it. Uh, and so I wanted to make sure I got something that fit super well. It was going to be a leather that was going to break in really nicely. I was like doing a bunch of sampling with this factory in China I work with, XBXS. And so I was like, great. They had all this Chrome Excel. They had some like wax flesh. They had stuff like that. So I was like, cook up a couple of these. I'll figure out which one I want to do for Thunderdome. Came down to these and then I've got a, a brown wax flesh pair of the same boot decided i'd give the uh color eight a go which uh so far seems fun i think there's like a couple other dudes in color eight chrome xl like kind of similar boots and we all kind of have like a camaraderie of we're the color eight chrome xl guys here you know so we'll we'll see who uh see who wins out there yeah dude my guy one last boot uh shout out to one last boot for yeah. various reasons you're the best he's got those vibergs that look just oh my god they fit right and they're all happening right and it's a month in and that's a cool thing too a month in like if you wear them enough like a weekend you can you can pretty much tell where your boots are going to end up especially in terms of like vamp break and all that and both of those are just perfect man color eight chrome xl criminally underrated Horween leather i must say yeah yeah, both of us won the uh, so-called uh, Chrome XL lottery, which uh, I guess is a term you maybe take issue Trigger with. Trigger alert, Nick. <laughs> um, Trigger warning. <laughs> no, we've talked about I, it a little bit. I mean, I feel like you really you really juice your odds if the boots fit you pretty well. Yeah. And, you know, you can lose that on any boot that doesn't fit you well, and you end up getting a weird break on them. So I, I feel like Chrome XL has been unfairly maligned getting thrown in there with uh, that lottery. So mm -hmm. apologies for, for bringing that up. No, no, I, <clears throat> I do get it. <laughs> I mean, I get the uh, the idea of it. It's a complicated... I mean, it's, it's actually not that complicated. It's just maybe there are some things you can control and some things that you can't. So I guess that is a lottery. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true that for, for anything. Gonna, yeah, yeah Nick's, Nick's not comfortable <laughs> with sharing that knowledge. I'm winning two billion bucks tonight, so... All right, Ben, what do you, what do you got on your feet? <laughs> right now, so, Literally right now, are you wearing shoes in your home? Yeah, of course. People come over, they're like, should we take our shoes off? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> Um, I want to look at them. I've been doing a bad job of fully committing to two pairs of Thunderdome boots, one of which has a remarkable Horween leather, another one is a pair of Chelsea's that we're going to be releasing, uh, made in collaboration with Ron Ryder and his Cortina factory and uh, Miriam Toscanello Horsebutt, which have the break on that vamp is absolutely beautiful. But no, I've been, I keep cheating on them with these Grandstone uh, field boots in uh, Snuff Reverse Kudu that are just really fun. And like earlier, was, we were traveling and they're, they're very comfortable for all that. And I was kind of like, chopping wood over the weekend and they, they felt like the right thing to do that in what do you mean you're not doing uh full service to both boots you're, you're choosing one over the other no i'm wearing these boots that are not either of my thunderdome pairs oh like too frequently <laughs> excuse me i thought you meant those were your two pairs no 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 i got let's see so this is a, a viberg scout boot this is a production sample that hopefully um that we make a whole bunch of one day 110 last unstructured toe Ooh. in what Nick has agreed could be reasonably called Horween Crust Natural M's work shoe butt, which Nick can speak to even more fully, but I believe is a pit tan CXL tannage mm -hmm. of the, the shell in horse butt, which is absolutely phenomenal. One of the coolest leathers I've ever experienced. I also have it on a pair of Viberg 145 Oxfords, which will hopefully also be a, a shoe that more people than me own at some point, if Nick can make the leather. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> we had Brett on the episode and, and he was sort of hinting that he might want to do that 110 last again. So I'm actually surprised to see it because uh, the pairs that we have, I, Nick and I have, are also 110 last for most of it. 
Brett said he didn't love the shape of the last. Anyways, you want to go talk about that leather? So it's it's oh. a natural Chrome XL work shoe butt crust, which means it's been tanned, but we sort of stopped short of the finishing stage of it. So the the surface is raw, less, you know, there's no dye or anything on it. And that gets tanned just like, it's basically gets tanned just like a piece of shell cordovan for the first month, like 60 days. Two months. And then we sort of switch it up and then start tanning it like a piece of Chrome XL. It's kind of like a hybrid. That's the shells are still in there, and it's a super tough piece of leather, but not so easy to make. And then to you know to make it, we have to give up a pair of shells, which we're not always that excited to do. So you were yeah, a pair of Vibergs too, right? Or do you have them here? I'm doing great, Phil. Thanks for asking. <sighs> oh yeah, we forgot. <laughs> we do our <laughs> takeover show. Nick was really excited <laughs> about that one. How's <laughs> <laughs> here? Nick just got these in uh, last week. Uh, yeah, there's only I've only worn them for one day, but they're so they're Vibergs also, and they're a new a new <laughs> leather called Cypress, which is like a waxed latigo basically, so super tough full grain. They are Goodyear welted. They're not stitched down, so they look a little bit different than your two seventy than your average Viberg maybe. But and they have a steel toe in them, which I convinced Brett to do for me so I could wear them at work a little bit more. But they look. I think you should do really that. Really old school. They're one day. Also, there's no shoe tree in here. Uh, they don't need a shoe they're tree. They're so dense. Thanks, oh Brett. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're serious. And those it's, are 110s? Yeah. I it's going to take me a couple of days to break those in. I mean, I love give it. me a break <laughs> on these things. Like, I can't, I can't imagine breaking that in. Yeah. TJ was like, oh yeah, you know, this time I decided to wear a super comfortable pair and Nick picks like the most dense steel toes. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, engineers that I have in Cordovan are significantly more comfortable than those. <laughs> Out of the box, at least. So we'll see how this goes. The most you guys do it, man. You gotta. You <laughs> no, gotta I'm going to. I'm committed. Seal. I'm committed. All right, I got this guy. This is a Oak Street. I think he calls this a field boot also, which is distinct from the Grantstone field boot, which I also have and I enjoy, Ben. I think those are great. They're really fun. Mine's in like a brown bison. Uh, they call it walnut bison. Yep. Uh, so I got this pair in the Merriam, Oak Street calls it horse rump. So it's natural horse butt from Merriam. And this is also a trigger to Nick and his dad. <laughs> I wear these purposefully when I visit the tannery now. Um, you do wear them or you don't? I, I sometimes wear these to trigger your dad because it's funny. He goes, oh, I see what you're wearing there. It bums out uh, Skip that I wear these. But I wanted to experience something new. I, nobody's actually ever said that I'm a Horween shill, although I am because I love it. <laughs> um, but this this is an opportunity for me to branch out and try some new stuff. It's pretty nice. I like it a lot. The thing I like about this boot that's a contrast to Nick's is how minimalist it is in terms of um, like the lining and stuff. There's nothing inside. And being that it's a veg horse but it's actually molding pretty nicely the other interesting thing about this merriam is just how tight the break is and i'm unsure if it's because there's a shell inside of this one or not or if just that leather is super tight so there's so sort of like no delamination or creasing happening in the toe however on the right <laughs> nick's looking at the other boot like yeah show him the other one the other one <laughs> it's almost like there's something underneath the leather in the toe cap that's like causing it to it might be more firm underneath or something but it's definitely delaminating delaminating like on the toe uh which is odd like i've never seen that on any other pairs i have usually it, it develops more here like on the top of my foot first um but anyways i'm enjoying these these are one of my two thunderdome pairs the other is the grant stone brass boot in essex which is nick's leather 
So when I want to gain favor, I wear those to the tannery. Clever. <laughs> They're not the only game in town. My motivation for this year, though, is sort of like what you're talking about. I wore leather soles last year for the first Thunderdome. And in the winter here in Chicago, it was, I just like couldn't wear them for a lot of time. So I got some different, like the brass boots have that lug sole. And these have like a Goodyear something dead stock. I forget what it's called. Oil proof Goodyear. Oh, yeah. And then the cat's paw heels too on those. Uh, it doesn't say cat's paw, but it might be. Chemi gum sole. Yeah, uh, I think they're like the other uh, dead stock ones then. Yeah. So these are know. nice. Yeah. I'm George actually got a, his hands on a whole bunch of cool uh, like heels and, and half soles and stuff. I'm pretty happy with, with uh, comfort level on both these and the brass boots. So I'm looking forward to the winter this year. <laughs> Last year was a disaster. But you push um, those things, man. They came out looking beautiful. Well, I have you to thank for the Thunderdome stuff because I probably wouldn't. Well, I have you to thank and you to hate because I don't know if I would have picked up these if I didn't have to. Because <laughs> I have so many other boots that I love wearing. Like I have those 110 natural shell plain toe Vibergs that I like don't wear because oh, I have, have to wear these. <laughs> those are so, I saw those at the shop when, when we took the trip to Chicago. Those it definitely turns into a problem like the wall behind you where it's like, man, there's so much stuff I want to wear. For me, that's like the only negative of the Thunderdome and the positives definitely outweigh it. It's it's much more fun to wear these as like in a communal setting, <laughs> which is great. Um, but the other, I wanted to get into more of a celebration of of you guys and what you've done with the shoe cast. No. <laughs> All right. Well, this what is the end done? of the show then. <laughs> uh, uh, we're having fun. Try us. I've really enjoyed your show. Like I said at the top, it's made me feel connected to the to the scene again. And I find it to be endlessly entertaining. I wanted to go back. Maybe you could help me pick. I've got three moments of your show that I can think of. And I wanted to try to form a top five list of our favorite shoe cast moments. Let me lead off with something we already hinted at. The boot bait that Ticho had with Ben <laughs> moderating. I was listening back to that and really enjoying <laughs> It was like a joke every 10 seconds. That was very funny. But it was also good to hear the, the debate. You were talking about Chrome Excel. I think you might have even talked about the Chrome Excel lottery in there. Your fellow boot baiter was uh, anti-Chrome Excel and you were pro-Chrome Excel. I think it was a good conversation in the same way that I love Roseanneville bringing up a conversation. You guys were doing it too back then. So maybe, uh, Ticho, do you have any favorite show moments? I don't remember any of them. Uh, <laughs> Just black out and... I also listen. He, he I don't listen. listen to it. I don't listen to it. I hate... I can't... Uh, I, I put it in the headphones. I hear my... Like, you don't want to hear your own voice. Yeah, like, true. While you're driving around, that's 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 weird. You get it's used awful. to it when you're uh, editing them. Nick hates but, it too. I hate it. Yeah, it's rough, man. It's it's rough. But um yeah, How about I don't this? know. I had favorite moments one, doing an interview with somebody. Probably the most excited I've ever been recording a podcast was when I gave the Ticho system for um <laughs> for buying used boots and like how to negotiate with people because I love negotiating. I'm I am a lawyer and um I have like all these steps. I don't, couldn't tell you what episode it's from. Ben Ben probably knows. But I have like a whole system for, you know, what you do. And now people curse me for this all the time who are like selling boots online. And they'll send me screenshots and they'll just be like, you know, F you, Ticho. Like this guy's trying to Ticho me, you know, whatever. <laughs> you do stuff like you ask them to like measure the insole or something, which is like, you know, completely useless. But then they have to go and like pull the boot out of the box and like do it. And then they were kind of invested in it a little bit because they just wasted like a bunch of their time. And then you're like, yeah, 
you know, maybe I don't, maybe I don't need the boots right now. And you just wait them out. It's awful, man. It's a, you know, it's, it's ruthless. And, and I can't brutal. believe you put that out there. <laughs> and I basically, basically said I'm retiring from selling used shoes at this point. Cause I, people are just going to use my own system right back at me. You know, now my base was just full of all these shoes. Cause I can't really move them online without being harassed with my own system. You know, it's brutal. Lead with a useless shoe question is the re- is the flag that you're about to get t showed. Yeah, somebody, if some, yeah, <laughs> if you're selling a pair of shoes and somebody asks you to measure the insole or measure the length of the sole or like some dumb thing like that, he's you're probably getting t showed. You're probably getting t showed. People haven't even gotten creative. They're still using the exact examples yeah. that you. Use. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, circumference of the opening. <laughs> yeah, my ankle opening. I have a wide ankle. All right, Ben, what do you got? You got any favorite episodes that you've done? I mean, it, it really is all of them because I, oh. I feel like uh, <laughs> until this one where we're being interviewed and, and contending with that poorly, there hasn't been a bad one. The boot bait was a classic. Jake, Mr. Style, almost vintage style. Shout out Jake was just, he was thrown into something that uh, he dealt with so nobly. Like we had been talking about it for weeks and weeks between myself and TJ and Jake was like, yeah, I'll do it. And like, Obviously, we we did a little bit of prep, but he was just so game. One of my favorites, but probably, I would say certainly, the numbers don't lie, the audience's least favorite was when we decided in the middle of the Olympics to (laughs) pretend to be shoes. I guess I was... And, like, call the Olympics as if we were Bob Costas and whoever else. Uh, But the Olympics was also just shoes uh, from different countries, and it was, like, the opening ceremonies. We like a good concept episode, uh, clearly. So yeah, go back and listen to that one if you dare. It's like uh, a low yeah. performer for, for your analytics. People, nobody got it. They nobody, just, yeah. It People just, hated it. It didn't quite hit. But you know, we have the kind of wonderful, loving, understanding audience uh, that will you know at least tolerate that happening, and then like just not run for the hills. I once, uh, yeah, I once met one of Ben's maybe college friends or work friends or something like that. And he was like, yeah, it's really, you know, Ben Ben needs a good partner, man. He really needs somebody to like tell him when he's just completely crazy and going over the edge with something that's, you know, too high concept or too weird or whatever. And I was like, yeah, unfortunately that's not me, man. Like I I pumped the gas on that stuff. (laughs) And uh, the result of that is... The shoe Olympics like that occasionally. <laughs> shoe Olympic. Did you try shoe to tie Olympics. those two words together also? Shoe Olympics. Yeah, well, it was the shoe Olympics. Seems to be your your writing style. Uh, yeah. The amount of prep that we did for that, and like you know, that was not the original concept for the episode, but obviously it's where we landed. We could have put out like a dozen and a half episodes in the amount of time that we were discussing <laughs> that one. But you know, we we got to get our kicks too hopefully i mean yeah like everything because again we started out just kind of talking to each other more and then started to bring on guests and like it's a murderer's row of people who've been crazy enough to say yes i'd love to come on this so you know it it is tough to pick but the ron Ryder episodes are classic there's two Mm -hmm. of them ron is just one of the major i don't know to call him a personality is like selling him short but he's just so fun to talk to and has all these stories and has lived his entire life in shoes and really is just so damn passionate about it like i I think we touched on it one of the episodes or he didn't want to do it but you can find an article on stitchdown.com about the time that he got fired from nordstrom for punching his manager because the manager (laughs) didn't care enough about customer service 
<laughs> like that's Ron. That sums him up. Um, but then the it's episodes ironic. are so <laughs> informational. You don't care about people enough, and you <laughs> and he just caught them. <laughs> <laughs> like in the stock room. Uh, <laughs> I remember back in the day when I started. You just told me that story. I was like, "So you're cool if I print this?" <laughs> He's like, "I don't care. I don't work there anymore." So I love Ron. It's been really fun to make these boots with him. But there's just so damn informational. Like the sizing one, like how you're sizing your shoes wrong potentially is a must listen for anybody. Like it will completely change how you think about this. And people who thought they had it figured out a decade and a half ago listen to that. They're like, dude, my mind's broken. My my spirit is broken. I think every shoe that I have might be the wrong size. Like what do I do? It's like listen to it again and sell some shoes and figure it out this time get yourself on the right track and then you know it's like it's far too rare like let's be honest this is a, a field and an industry dominated by dudes it's we're here again bunch of dudes talking to each other so whatever we can get women on the show it's just always so fun and they're always fantastic adele williamson from trickers master bespoke shoemaker at just an insane age you know made shoes at the time for Prince Charles, like the guy who's now going to be the king, I'm trying to figure out if he's going to wear Adele's shoes to the coronation in May. She's incredible. She's an incredible talent and the way that she thinks about it and the love that she has for it. She's got the accent, British, the whole thing. And then the one with Tess from All Together Leather is like probably, you could say the Duran episodes are maybe tied with it, but just such a damn romp. And she worked all over the place, Dayton Boots, Love Jewels. And we talked a lot about like what she does and how she does it and opening up her own repair shop. But it was just, she's just like such a gas and so fun to chat with. I recommend both of those to everybody who, you know, is kind of getting into it and doesn't have the fortitude to go all the way back to the beginning. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's endless, right? Thank you everybody who's ever come on the show and certainly everybody who's listened and the advertisers for supporting it and really making it possible. Yeah, it's a so, lot of work. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we end it with this <laughs> down note. Now that we've started our own show here, the full grain stuff, I'm realizing. You get it. I get like the, <laughs> so pe I think people think, oh, you got a podcast. Like, okay, you just like turn on the microphone and then you have a conversation and you're done. There's like a significant amount of, of work that goes on. Somebody was asking in the Stitch Down Discord in the podcast uh, section about how long it takes to make an episode. And I've been working on a few now. So we've done, we've released seven. And it seems like the, my flow right now isn't an hour of output is about 10 hours of work. Little things that you don't expect. Like it's actually hard for Nick and I to even just get on the same schedule and get together, let alone like rope in two other individuals like yourselves. It's pretty tough just figuring out schedules and what are you going to talk about? And then you got the conversation, which is work. It's sometimes hard <laughs> to have a conversation. Only when I'm involved. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to edit it and publish it and write the show notes. And it's a bit of work. I just wanted to thank you on behalf of listeners for what you guys do. And I really appreciate what you're doing. Are you in between episodes and in, in between seasons right now? Are you calling them? Yeah. When we're taping, I mean, this will be, I mean, you guys took over our podcast which you know we were yeah you're welcome aware was going to happen we just hopped on <laughs> with each other and here you were and phil starts talking and it's like well he's pretty good at this so let's let him roll <laughs> by the time people listen to this episode at least on the stitch down side which we should coordinate phil the season will have begun and yeah we'll run through the end of this year and then we'll take another break we usually do nine episodes and then i'm just gassed because yeah it's a ton of work it's a ton of work. Luckily, it's like incredibly fun. At the beginning, I'm always just so jazzed up. And at the end, I'm the same. <laughs> so I'm like, it's almost over. I can see it. 
you know, I always tell people Ben does all the work. I do basically nothing. I don't even sometimes he has like a, he puts together notes he's got like a script and like it'll just kind of say like Tito talks because i you know i don't uh, i don't prepare i don't uh, i just kind of show up i say weird stuff about hot dogs and then i leave and then he spends all this time editing it he makes me sound pretty smart i think he makes me sound interesting and i'm i wish i could figure out a way to have him just edit my life uh <laughs> so that i sound that way like all the time but ben you do a fantastic job man i i, I appreciate you whatever however many episodes seasons we've done it's uh it's been a joy man so also chicago style all... hot dogs terrible i was gonna say aw, but then i'm gonna take it back <laughs> I, <got> also, <laughs> I i occupy the, the teach show space so thanks phil for doing all the work yeah nick is my teach show <laughs> i did get we went to uh portillo's at the chicago you know shunanza palooza 22 back in april went and saw you both of you guys at your respective you know, work homes, but we went to Portillo's in the middle and I ordered a hot dog with ketchup on it. I don't even think they put the ketchup on it. Like they have ketchup. Maybe you had to request it, but I made it very clear to the person that I was ordering from that I wanted nothing on it and that I was going to put ketchup on it <laughs> and they sold it to me, but man, it was tense. They were really <laughs> confused. It was actually more confused. Like, what do you mean? Like, That's oh. not a hot dog here. You know, it's just something else. But guess what? It was pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> Again, I appreciate you guys. We got to uh, wrap it up here, but I'm hoping that we can do something together again soon. Maybe you want to end the show by telling us what we can look forward to in your next season, or do you not want to give away any any secrets? Or we also do favorites if you have any. Oh, we could do favorites. Yeah. Any, any... This is your show this time. Let's okay, do we're back to our show. Welcome to the Full Grain <laughs> Podcast. I'm Phil Callis with Nick Horween, and this hey, is my radio right. voice. <laughs> Sometimes in the show, we like to end it with some non-work, non-leather. I mean, it could be that sort of stuff, too. But we like to talk about our favorite things. And typically, it's been stuff that we're watching on TV, streaming. Maybe it's a movie. Gadgets. Gadgets, books. What are you guys into right now? Maybe we start with you, Ticho. That's tough, man. I'm, uh, I don't really watch, like, I don't really have, a, I have two kids, so I don't have a lot of time to, to watch TV, but when I do, it's, like, mostly cartoons and stuff like that. My kids recently have been watching Phineas and Ferb, which mm. is a, a fantastic, fantastic show. I'm laughing at some of the jokes, which is, like, that's when you know it's pretty good, and, like, they, they seem into it, and I think they'll probably get up to, you know, seem like, they're kids that are gonna get up to a bunch of hijinks and stuff like that, so that seems like it's right up their alley, so... So that's pretty good. Yeah, right now, that, that that's my favorite thing, I guess. That and uh, seltzer. I drink a lot of seltzer. I drank three seltzers while we were recording this. Well, we forgot to about... mention Wegmans. Oh, yeah, Wegmans. Did you get those seltzer Wegmans. from Wegmans? Yeah, there you go. I sure did. Shout I out sure Wegmans. Did. Mandarin, Mandarin <laughs> Orange from Glad Beautiful we got Wegmans. It I think we um, ticked off all the boxes for the shoe cast yeah. now. We're pretty Wegmans predictable. The other one. Yeah, I love Wegmans. <laughs> I might I like go to Wegmans like. this afternoon. All right, so Wegmans is the favorite. Got it. <laughs> yeah, love Wegmans. So, what are you into, Ben? <sighs> wow. Yeah, this is a stumper. This should be easy, right? Um, it could literally be anything. It's it's actually kind of funny how what do people seem about? to struggle with this. And like <laughs> Nick's dad came in and we're like, What are you you know, what are you into? And he's like, Oh, I don't, couldn't possibly mention a thing. And then he mentioned like thirty things. <laughs> it's funny, like when people start to relax and think about it for a second, you're like, Oh, I do like a lot of stuff. Yeah. I know it's coming and I'm always like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
well, we've got some categories here. TV, there's never enough time to watch any of it. I never watch TV on my own. I like mm-hmm. I watch Succession when I'm working out and I'm in like the middle of the second season, <laughs> which tells you how much I work out. Um, <laughs> ne- never have I ever fantastic show i think mindy kaling's like a producer or something i love a good high school show and it's a great one and at its best it's like it's it's absolutely hilarious have you seen uh, pen 15 i i did see pen 15 all right great so you watch a lot um, of tv yeah all that kind of stuff <laughs> kind of like raunchy high school the original what was the show good. with the dicks this was like a while ago but like there were there were like dicks drawn on the cars on all the teachers cars oh what was it called i don't know and it was like kind of like a like serial style mockumentary. Oh yeah, oh, I did see that yeah. on Netflix. <laughs> it, it was it was absolutely outlandish, and it ended up being just one of the smartest like commentaries on like media and social media and everything. And also there were like lots of dicks on cars. Uh, so whatever that one was called, that's good. And then I'm gearing up to watch. I was incredibly into Dark, the German mystical show. Very complicated. Those producers and Jonas from Dark and I think a couple other of the actors have a new show coming out called 1899, I believe. 1889? I don't know. I watched a trailer on YouTube the other day. I have a calendar reminder for when it comes out, I think, next week. Get hyped. Where they're, like, on a ship coming to, you know, America and then, like, a whole bunch of crazy shit happens. That's pretty good, man. I I got some stuff to watch based off of that. Yeah, yeah, get in there. What else? Do you like books? I imagine as a such a skilled writer that you probably read a bit. My old line is I read the internet because that's <laughs> largely where I've existed throughout my career, which is true. Yeah. It's definitely true. I do, I do not read enough books. The one book that I'm like continually in the middle of is uh, called Norwegian Wood, and it's this beautifully written book about how you know Scandinavians, Norwegians specifically, create the wood that they use to heat their homes because the majority of the country is on wood burning stoves. And it was this big movement by the government and it gets into all that stuff, but it's how to, you know, like chop split and store and season wood. And it's a technical guide, but it's just, it's brilliantly written and it, it tells you so much about, you know, the culture over there. And it really inspires you to go. I mean, I guess that's my hobby is like those things, which is a little weird, but it's good for the boots. But plug, two of my best friends wrote a book together with their editor, who is more more than just an editor on this project, called The Lemon. It's incredible. It's like, I'm not just saying this because, like, other people have already said that it's quite good. And it's a kind of send up of, like, the food world and internet publishing and social media and celebrity and a whole lot of things. And it's like, kind of, but not really about, like, an Anthony bourdain type character it's phenomenal it'll be the funniest thing that you've read in your entire life i promise the lemon by se boyd which is a pseudonym that kind of encapsulates all three of them get it it's good it's a quick read too the lemon i'm in all right nick we're gonna shift to you nick hates favorites because we do many of these episodes and he feels like you might be running out of favorites you got one lots of favorites i'm just such a nerd it's just like too embarrassing to say i I'm uh, watching that the new Star Wars right. series Andor, which I think is really good. I've, Nerd alert. I yeah, I've watched of the Star Wars series that I've watched, which is all of them. I think this is my favorite. Really? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna check it out. It's good. Have you seen the movie Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger? What kind of question is that? Obviously. Okay. <laughs> Have you seen Prey? Yes. 
freaking awesome. It's worth paying for Hulu for a month just to watch that movie. I mean, as long I as got you my know. Hulu. Did you steal it? DM me for the password. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's 1700s, 1800s, like Western expansion. And it's from a young woman's perspective. She's being chased down by like a, by a predator. Yeah. And I won't spoil anything. It's freaking awesome. It's really well made. I mean, it's every other predator movie. Where it's it's Predator One. He shows up and yeah. super violent, and you can't see him, but you can kind of see him. His blood's green. It's awesome. It's, it's really entertaining. <laughs> it's it's they good. Have a, they have a formula, so it's not like it's a, you're spoiling much. But I think it's it's, good. it's the best since the original one. I would wow. say. You don't agree? No, I don't know. Rank them right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the original was number one, and then Prey. Watch Prey. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. We're going to go to Wegmans and get some seltzer. It's only about a 14-hour drive for us. <laughs> but it's been a blast. Perfect. Thank, thank you, Ben, and thank you, Ticho, for being here. The crowd loves you. Yeah, look, Nick, Phil, thank you for having us on, at least in one instance, our own show, uh, which was a unique experience and, yeah, something that we, we both feel very moved by. Big ups to you guys for for doing this, for doing full grain, for getting after it hard, putting episodes out, getting all sorts of interesting people on there, stealing our listenership. <laughs> Thanks, by things. the way, for that. I you think and Josh very, really hooked us up. Yeah, nice yeah we're, we're we're fully supportive of people listening. Um, you know, to a, a more interesting, <laughs> reasonable, informed podcast than ours because no 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 it's in seriousness i don't think that's true i think you guys are very informed and and very entertaining it's just different it's just another thing it's like having netflix and hulu to watch prey well i i appreciate it because there now there's a podcast i can listen to except for this one that doesn't have my voice in it where people yeah. are talking about the things that i think are interesting and care about so exactly uh, yep. i was very excited to uh see that you guys were making this podcast i've listened to most of the episodes already and uh, i'm really enjoying it all right guys we'll uh we'll see you all later thanks again thanks guys we'll do it again sometime full grain shoe cast oh you gotta do the uh we'll see you next time and take care of your what, what do you say and Something take like care that? yeah what's the line take care thanks of each other and take care of your boots yeah take care of all your leather goods take care of them shoes we'll see you next time that's pretty good